You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here with Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Monday, February 1st. 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com right now. Use that promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next purchase. All right, y'all. On the show today, we're going to discuss Daniel Murphy retiring and the latest proposal for Major League Baseball on the start of the season. I'm going to talk about the Nolan Arenado trade on uh, the next show, just kind of looking at some of the moves that have been happening lately. And so we'll talk about that one um, then. I've not forgotten about it. But just for right now, these two items, Murphy retiring and the MLB proposal, are really at the top of my list as it pertains to Nationals news. So we'll roll with that for the show. All right, let's get to it. Our first piece of news is Daniel Murphy has retired from baseball at the age of 35. He played 12 years in the league. He said, quote, this is a beautiful game, and I really just feel humbled and blessed that it let me jump on the ride for a little bit, Murphy told SNY. Quote, it's beautiful. It can it can teach you so many things uh, about life, and all I can say is thank you. Murphy at 35 was a three-time All-Star and hit a career 296 with the Mets, uh, Nats, obviously, Chicago Cubs, and Colorado Rockies. He reached the World Series with the Mets in 2015, where he was the MVP of the National League Championship Series and was the NL MVP runner-up in 2016 in his first year in Washington. Um, look, man, uh, this is a guy who I think you all know this. In 2016-2017, the Nats didn't take a chance on him. They, they signed him because the Mets weren't willing to because they had some cons- well, number one, the Mets were cheap back then, and number two, they had concerns about his glove, and they were well placed concerns. Murphy had been inconsistent for them and not always a great fielder, but for the Nats, and let me be clear about this, Daniel Murphy was a superstar, superstar. There's no doubt about it. From 2016 to 2017 to that that part of 2018, this guy absolutely raked for the Nats. In that 2016 season, in 531 at-bats, Murphy hit 347 with a 390 on base, a 595 slugging, and a 985 OPS with a 4.6 war. This guy was fantastic. 25 dingers, 104 runs batted in, and... Look, this guy, and also, you know, low volume of strikeouts too. This is a guy who didn't get cheated. He was impossible to pitch around. And for my money, you know, he was the best hitter the Nats had at the time. I know you say just say it about Bryce, but look, man, Murphy in 2016 was dynamite. He was um, everything the Nats could have asked for and more. And also defensively, like if you watched him, it, it felt like he was a bit better with the Nats than he was with the Mets. And so that was always something that, that could be valued. The guy, you know, just hits Murphy is what Connor Jones, always, you know, we always called him. And he seemed to murder the Mets, too. That was the hard part is that he was ridiculous when it came to playing the Mets. Also, you look down the line 2017 in 534 at-bats. Uh, Murphy hits a 322, the 384 on base, 543 slugging, and a 928 OPS, the 2.8 war. So not quite the 2016 season, but, I mean, for an encore, not bad at all. Uh, and, and so for Murph... You know, an excellent couple seasons, an excellent career really as a hitter, a sublime hitter, a 296 average over the course of your career. That's hard to achieve, especially one that, that, that went over a decade. 
So while Murphy might have had his issues in the field, uh, you know, this is a guy that can just hit. He can straight up hit, and there's so much value in a guy like that. And I think that's why he lasted, you know, 12 years in the league. And look, at 35, could Murphy have landed with another team? Yeah, he only t- he only hit 236 last year. In 2019 in Colorado, he still hit 279. So while his numbers were on the decline, there's a chance that Murphy could have kept playing and playing at a relatively high level. Uh, it's a guy that Max Raymond and I had floated as a possible destination at the trade deadline in 2020, but also to or, you know 2020 trade deadline. But also think like if you're going to trade for a guy in 2020, there's a chance that he still could be pretty good in 2021. So the idea that somehow Murphy was completely tapped and this was one where he got forced out of the league, I don't buy that. There are plenty of guys who are still playing baseball who are you know. Not, I'm not, not going to use the word worse, but at Murphy's level right now. So I think, especially with the designated hitter, uh, you know, I know it doesn't hit for as much power, but there's still a chance that Murphy could have found a spot in the league. And I think the market would have been a bit slower. Obviously, it's slow for everybody right now, but Murphy was not forced out of baseball, in my honest opinion. I think it was just the right time for Murph to call it quits. So Daniel Murphy at 35, uh, two and a half seasons with the Nationals, uh, always hit over 300, excellent career, 12 years overall, and, uh, you know, Congrats to him on being able to call it quits, and we hope in all of his future endeavors, uh, you know, there's luck. And maybe we'll see him on TV. Who knows? Uh, It could be a guy that, you know, you you feel like was not always outspoken, but spoke pretty well for himself. So we'll see what the the future holds for Murph. But for right now, a guy who retires with a 296 average, 341 on base, uh, 796 OPS. He had 136 home runs. He drove in 735 uh, runs as well. So a guy that tallied over 1,500 hits in a very solid career. Daniel Murphy calling it quits. All right, let's take a break. Let's discuss the proposal Major League Baseball put out for a season uh, that was rumored to be put out yesterday. And let's talk about how it's going to be received and where we go from here. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Right now, Super Bowl week, really exciting stuff. You know, you can go to betonline.ag, put some money on that as well. Uh, you know, NBA, NHL, NCAA basketball, MLB futures, NCAA football futures, all uh, NFL futures, damn it, if you want to. But they've got you covered there at betonline.ag. It's also the only place that we trust. BetOnline.ag, sign up today for a free account and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. They've got 18 awesome flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those go along with their 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, while supplies last. You get a 20% off uh, discount, and also you have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Also check out new podcast, Locked On Today. It is a show that really is kind of like the Daily from the New York Times, 20 minutes, sports news, 
everything you need to know to get going for your week. Check it out, or your day, actually. Check it out. It's called Locked On Today, wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, now back to the show. Let's talk about that proposal from Major League Baseball for our 2021 season. All right, let's get to a really interesting situation as it pertains to the beginning of the 2021 Major League Baseball season. This from Jeff Passan at ESPN. The Major League Baseball Players Association is mulling over a proposal by MLB to delay the start of the 2021 season, and if the union does not provide a counteroffer, early next week, spring training is likely to start in mid-February. As scheduled, sources familiar with the situation told ESPN. After months of scattered dialogue, the parties find themselves in a similar position to last year when the coronavirus pandemic shut down the season. Disagreeing over the proper path forward, the league's proposal to push back the start of spring training to late March and the beginning of the season to late April. That includes a 154-game schedule that would pay players their full 162-game salaries, according to sources. The proposal concerns the MLBPA on multiple fronts. Players and union sources told ESPN. With pitchers having ramped up to start spring training on February 17th, they are reticent to shut down and start again by the proposed March 22nd spring training start for a season that would begin on April 28th, according to sources. All right, so I'm going to stop right there. Also, the the universal DH is included in this proposal. I just want to note that for you guys right there. Okay, so let's talk about this really quickly, this idea about the pitchers ramping up. I'm in agreement with this. This is something that the MLBPA should take a stand on and to protect those players because we saw last year a lot of guys, and the Nationals saw it too, a lot of guys dealt with injuries and know you can't trace it directly to the fact the season got off to that weird start, you know, like the stop and starting. You cannot say directly no. But, I, I mean, let's be honest. Pitchers are creatures of habits. And when you break those habits in a significant way, which you know it was broken last year, not saying it's anybody's fault, but when you break the habit the way the season did last year, I think that's why we saw a lot of guys get injured, right? We saw a lot of pitchers that we did not expect to see last season because of the injuries, right? We, we didn't expect to see Will Crow making starts last season. Um, we didn't expect to see Eric Fetty making starts last season. We didn't expect to see Austin Voth. Another great example would be Garrett Crochet. I don't think the White Sox plan on using Garrett Crochet in the same season in which they drafted him. So this is something that must be considered and thought about. Do pitchers, you know, and I know they're not fully ramped up, but they're starting to, right? It's February now. So if they're reporting on the 17th, you know, those guys aren't showing up cold to spring training, right? They've been going, they've been getting after it. They've been working some, trying to ramp themselves up and get ready. So that's something to watch here and something that I think is a very good point. And maybe, just maybe, they could find a way to meet in the middle. Maybe delay it by a week or two, two weeks, you know, uh, March 17th or March 22nd, rather, and February 20, uh, February 17th and March 22nd, rather, are a month apart, basically a month and five days apart. If you could split the difference, maybe, and go with a March 1st, maybe go with a March, you know, somewhere in that first week, maybe they could come to terms. But I think a full month after, a full month and five days and some change afterwards, that's a little bit of a strain, I think, in my opinion. Okay, next important part of the proposal. Another issue that the players are having, this once again, I'm all reading from Jeff Passan here, further, 
Players believe the language in the proposal would grant Commissioner Rob Manfred power beyond what he currently has to cancel games accordingly and potentially cut into payers, players' pay. The league disagrees with that interpretation. While Manfred had the right under the March 26th deal struck by both sides in the wake of the pandemic early last year to cancel games or shut down the sport, something he considered amid the early outbreaks, he never did so once the season began. The proposal, league sources said, is intended to protect the MLB from a worsening national situation, whether it's a COVID-19 variant being resistant to the vaccine or an unexpected uptick in cases. The language, according to sources, gives Manfred the right to act if government restrictions prevent more than five teams at once from playing, if travel is restricted, or if, quote, competitive integrity is undermined, end quote, by players sitting due to COVID-19. Both sides, sources said, would retain their rights to pursue legal action. The disagreement on the broadness of the language could be changed if the sides continue bargaining. All right, so I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to put on my college sports hat here, and I hope you guys follow me on this. So as somebody who follows college sports, Locked On Bay 12, go check it out. I had a little bit of an issue with the leagues not stepping in. Um, there were some times where they said, if you got eight scholarship kids, you're good to go. So last week, Texas had eight scholarship players. They had no head coach, and they still played Oklahoma. There were times this year in football where Mississippi State had like 49 scholarship players, which that's like an almost half of what you're actually allowed to. I mean, that's, that's literally almost half of what you're actually supposed to have on a college football roster. So what I'm saying here is sometimes in those situations, games should not be played. All right. Games should not be played in those circumstances, I think, especially when it comes to college kids. All right. So I think that I'm okay with the league having some latitude. Now, what I'm not okay with is them docking pay. So, you know, if there's a situation where, look, you've guaranteed the guys 162 games, if you've got to cancel a three game series, uh, fine. Pay them for at least one game or two games of it, right? Or prorate something. I mean, if a situation where, where guys are sitting out for like two weeks because of COVID outbreak, I understand that. It just still feels like you should be paying them. I feel like the idea that you're going to start docking payers play, uh, players pay rather on a game-by-game -game basis as the league unilaterally decides when they can and should cancel games, that can be a bit dangerous. If they can work it out to where, look, the players are still fine, they still get paid, and they have to cancel a couple games, that's fine. Games are going to be canceled. I mean, we're seeing it all across uh, basketball and NBA right now. I mean, look, the NBA... The, our our hometown team here, the Washington Wizards, set out for like two weeks. I mean, y'all saw Garrison Matthews out there. You guys saw Jordan Bell out there. You guys saw Alex Len out there. This stuff happens. These games are going to be canceled. There's really no way around it at this point. But there is a big question of how they're going to do payments. So I'm not resistant to the idea of the league stepping in at certain points. I think that's the job of the league is to govern. Now, how much you trust Rob Manford to do so, that is you know, up to you. I don't trust him a ton. But with that being said, while I do think the league should be allowed to govern, 
you also should take into effect that these players are are depending on the, are de, you know depending on the paycheck. And so for the Marlins team, you know, and Marlins a bad example. Let's just say the Rockies are supposed to play the Nats, and the Nats get some COVID cases. The Rockies should not be on the hook payment wise because the Nats can't play the games. That's a totally fair thing to say, and this is one of those things where you know these 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 people are um are not paid by the hour. Right, these are salaried employees. So if you end up, and let's just say each team gets, and this is this probably is a bit far to say ten games would get canceled for each team. This is just a gross exaggeration. Ten games get canceled. They play 144 games. You should still pay them like it's 162. That is my opinion. So on this front, I like the fact that the league can step in in a situation. I don't think players should be voting on when to play games. If you recall, the Marlins had a situation where it felt like the, they were kind of, you know, deciding, hey, uh, we want to, um, you know, uh, we're going to play tonight. We're not going to play tonight. That should never happen. There should be no no vote. There should be a situation laid out to the league, to the teams, and, and the league should say, hey, look, we don't think it's the right move to play this game today because X, Y, and Z. Teams, you know, they can argue about that, but, but there should be final say with the league, and there should be no financial penalty especially for players who did nothing wrong and were prepared to play the games. So that, that's kind of where I'm at on that situation. Where they go on the DH stuff, I am not 110% sure. Uh, I'm going to continue to read here. MLB's desire to delay the season, according to league sources, is based on the recommendation of health experts and the likelihood that doing so would enable the 2021 season to be held when COVID-19 cases have dipped, particularly in Arizona, which currently has the country's highest rates and where half of the league holds spring training. Cases in Arizona and Florida have recently dropped, and health officials project they will go down even more between now and the proposal start date. This is a good point from Major League Baseball. I don't say this often, guys, but this is a good point. Cases in Maricopa County, they asked in Arizona. That is where my good friend Evan Masters is. And he said, look, they, they you know, th- things have gone up. But they're starting to get better. And he said, you know, this, is, this kind of makes sense to delay a little bit. And that's what we're seeing across the country. Things are improving bit by bit as a vaccine is further more distributed things of that nature. So this, in my opinion, is a good move because they are saying this is what health and safety experts have told us to do. We as a governing body should adhere to those and make this decision. I am on the, I'm on Major League Baseball's side here when it comes to this. I I am on their side now uh, because they're getting these, these recommendations. If they could meet in the middle and say, all right, what about we start camp, you know, in two weeks, right? You've getting a little bit more time for cases to drop, not the full month that they wanted, but, you know, you're protecting player health here we, um, from the sense of we waited on cases. And also those pitchers that we talked about are still ramping up and their process is protected as well. So let's see what happens here. I'm, I'm going to hold out here um, and, and kind of, Look to see what the latest news is going to be. But those are the major, major sticking points that I wanted to discuss as it pertains to the league and as it pertains, uh, you know, to what we're moving towards here with the 2021 season on the horizon. All right, that will do it for the show today. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show at LO underscore Nationals. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe.